All the news wrapped up and delivered on air and on demand. This is the Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Well, one of the ongoing news stories we've been following throughout this year and will continue to follow as the year moves on and the election cycle gets closer and closer has to do with the legal problems of Donald Trump. And he just picked up another one yesterday as prominent uh, conservative attorney Jenna Ellis pleaded guilty uh, yesterday in Atlanta. This has to do with efforts to overturn the 2020 election loss in Georgia. So she is now the fourth defendant to enter into a plea deal. She'll probably just get probation. Yes. But that's not really the point. Well, she read a very um, tearful letter in court yesterday. Here's what she had to say. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. So that's a far cry from her mugshot. Do you remember her mugshot when those came out a couple of months ago? She was smiling Smiling from ear to ear and now not so much so she's pleading guilty to a felony count of aiding and abetting false statements and writings which does carry a minimum of one year in prison i think that's why she did this plea deal uh she's going to have to serve five years probation pay five thousand restitution to the georgia secretary of state uh and she has to do that within 30 days now if you're keeping score this comes just a couple of days after a couple of other defendants including Sidney powell entered uh, guilty pleas in this case. Donald Trump pretty much responded by saying, well, Sidney Powell was never my attorney. She was just somebody that was on my legal staff in 2020. And his response to the Jenna Ellis plea, basically he said he didn't know anything about it, said it was too bad, said he wasn't worried about it. <laughs> okay. okay. He's never worried about anything, is he? <laughs> no, no, he's not. From Tampa Bay and around the world, this is the news you care about. The Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. You know, we've been talking about this incident involving the JetBlue flight at JFK, in which the plane actually did a wheelie and on uh, the runway as it landed. Now we've got the perspective from someone who was inside the plane. Yeah. So this is what happened. The plane was actually at the gate. People were, you know, starting to get off the plane and all of a sudden the plane just tipped backwards like the nose went up and the back. It was like it popped a wheelie. So a woman who was on the plane when that happened gave her account on TikTok. So what you're going to hear first is some audio of what was going on on the plane when it happened. And then you're going to hear her give her account of of what it was like to be on that plane when that happened. So here she is. Very slowly, little by little, move towards the middle of the apron because apparently everything is like it tipped up. 
That is what happened to my plane last night. We're landing in JFK from Bridgetown, Barbados. I was seated maybe three quarters of the way back into the plane. And when just over half the plane exited, or maybe a little bit more, the plane abruptly tipped backwards so quickly and intensely that the tail of the plane hit the pavement. Of the jet bridge and part of the plane door broke. Airport crew said they heard on their walkie-talkies the nose of the plane is 10 feet in the air. And then we had to strategically rebalance the plane, which is why I'm now at the front. It was also scary because it tipped back down. And they tried to start fixing this, but also told us to watch out and move back. We all just panicked and had enough. And we said, wait till we get off. And we had to strategically exit the plane two rows at a time, take a break. Two rows at a time, take a break. And thank goodness nobody was actually exiting the plane at the time it tipped backwards because the state of that door. So apparently the door got mangled when the plane tipped back because I think it was connected to the gate. And so when it went up, it probably pulled the door off. But what a crazy thing to happen. I've never heard of this happening before. You got to wonder what was going on with the weight of that plane. So we'll have to ask Jay Ratliff, our aviation expert, when we talk to him tomorrow morning about how the heck does this happen? Also, if you want to see video of what this looked like, of the plane with the nose up in the air, that video is on our Instagram at Ryan Gorman Show. Yeah, by the way, that woman's name is Sinead Bovell, and she makes an excellent point, which we really haven't touched on to this point, is that... When the what goes up must come down. So when, after the plane goes up, as they start to get off the plane, bang, yeah, it, it comes goes, back down again. Uh, right, that must have been the fear that it was going to jerk back down, and then people were going to fall over. Thankfully, nobody was hurt in this whole ordeal. But just another crazy, you know, aviation story. And I feel like we've got him every week lately. I know. Well, when we come back, we uh, are going to be joined in studio by the executive director and founder of a group called Coffee Uniting People. And it is a really great organization that provides employment opportunities for folks with special needs. And we're going to talk to him when he comes. Did he bring coffee? I sure hope he so. He sure did. All right. <laughs> On News Radio WFLA. You know, I think we can agree that there is something of an epidemic in this town, and it just happens way, way too often, and that is a hit-and-run driver. Yes, and this one is even more outrageous because this woman who hit a man on a scooter did so in front of a group of people, so there were a number of witnesses, and then she can be seen on surveillance video actually getting out of her gold Toyota RAV4 Looking at the man she just hit and then getting back into her car and driving away. This just blows my mind because what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is that she stared at him for a couple of seconds. They made eye contact. And this guy, who, by the way, looks like he's going to be all right. Thankfully, which, yes, he good. is. That's that's good. But said there were he, he just she had no emotion as as she looked at him. And, like, that is unbelievable. So the uh, police are looking for a gold Toyota RAV4. She's described as an African-American woman, about 5'6", 160 pounds, long black uh, braids, wearing a black T-shirt with white writing and blue jeans. Unbelievable. Yeah, it really is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's shocking enough when, when a hit and run happens, but to know that this woman, she knew she hit somebody. She looked yeah. at him, got back in the car, 
and sped off. No, no sense of like, oh my gosh, is he okay? Mm. It's just really, really oh, unbelievable. There you are. Yeah. So this actually happened back on October 12th at the intersection of North 15th Street and East 26th Avenue, uh, just outside of Ebor Grocery. And now that they have this surveillance video, they are, you know, looking for her and hoping that somebody will recognize her or the vehicle and, and call then, Crime Stoppers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, over in Brevard County, this one's, I, I don't know what to make of this one either. Woman is facing DUI charges after deputies say she ran over and killed her husband with the family car while the pair were out looking for their lost dog. Yes, yeah, so she wild. she got in the car to look for the dog and her husband was looking for the dog on foot. She goes around the block and when she comes back, she finds her husband lying in the street. So then the officers were like, what happened? And she said she didn't know. And they figured out that she had hit him. And she also reeked of alcohol. And her blood alcohol was a 0.12. I think the legal limit is 0.08, right? Yeah. So she, she was definitely drunk. She was drunk. And I think she has something like two glasses of wine or something like that. So that was that's that's really bizarre. Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. So I got to admit, Dana, I had to check. Chris made me a little bit curious uh, during when he was recapping his top stories a little bit earlier about Hurricane Otis coming ashore at Acapulco as a Category 5. So first thing that comes into my mind is there's no chance this thing can like reform and come back out in the Gulf. So anyway, no, there okay. isn't. No. Uh, it looks like right now the track for Otis is up into Mexico, and then into Texas. Now, it's going to bring some heavy rains. Conditions are not going to be very pleasant in Mexico and Texas, but it does not appear that it's going to come this way, which is very definitely a good thing. Yes, absolutely. But I had to check. So we've got states and we've got school districts are all filing lawsuits against Meta, the owner of Facebook and Instagram, uh, basically alleging that the apps are designed to be addictive and hurt children's mental health. Now, you've got a, a great perspective on this as the mother of a daughter. I wish I didn't have this perspective on it, to be I honest know, with you. I but I have a 19-year-old daughter who has struggled with some challenges, and I feel, and her dad agrees with me and the other adults in her life, that her being on social media starting at you know 13 years old was not the best idea. And these kids, and, and I've talked to other parents, her friends' parents and stuff, and we are all across the board on the same page that the social media stuff is very addictive these kids cannot get off their phones. I mean, if we go out to dinner and we try to tell her to put her phone down or to leave the phone in the car, she loses her mind. Mm. It's like it's like she can't do it. Also, all of the things that they see, like let's say a kid, uh, you know, is struggling with body image, and they and they interact with posts that kind of feed those body image issues. What does the algorithm do on these apps? It shows them more stuff that feeds those negative feelings. That's very disquieting, even for someone my age looking at, you know, my Facebook page. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. So I bought a pair of shoes. So now I'm going to see ads for shoes for the next two weeks or so. Well, this lawsuit uh, claims that Meta is violating federal children's online privacy statutes, state consumer protection laws, by making those products addictive with that algorithm we're just talking about and then lying about how they harm children's mental health. And it could have a big impact uh, on the way these companies operate. Right, it really could. And Meta says that they are also concerned about providing teens with safe experiences online and that they've introduced 30 tools to make that happen. But 
as a parent with a kid on social media, I can tell you that whatever they're doing, it is definitely not enough. I also wanted to note that so there are 33 states so far that have filed, but nine more other attorneys general are in the process of filing for their respective states. So this is probably going to get up to 42 states. And I wouldn't be surprised if we if we end up with even more than that. And yes, Florida is one of them. WFLA. Well, we've got a couple of follow ups to some incidents involving mass shootings and you know i look at this one story dana and i just i can't believe that this guy only got a year in prison for what he did this is a property manager from california who was convicted of sending some 200 online messages to the father of one of the victims of the marjorie stoneman douglas shooting basically saying he was glad she was dead and that the father was pushing a political agenda these were really really nasty messages yes this was awful so james catalano from fresno was sentenced on friday after pleading guilty to cyber stalking and prosecutors say the messages he sent to this father were callous and cruel and he was angry because he thought that this guy was using his daughter's death to push a political agenda because he was you know became an advocate for for stronger gun laws after his daughter was shot uh and then this man just decided to start stalking him and and he didn't start stalking him until a couple of years after uh the shooting it was in 2021 when he started sending these messages over the course of of eight months, this poor father, who's still grieving his daughter, was getting vile messages from this guy. You know, it's hard to believe that people actually take that perspective. And we saw an awful lot of this in a case earlier this year that involved a situation involving the Connecticut, the Newtown, Connecticut shooting, where people were branded as crisis actors and, you know, not even believing that it happened in the first place. Like you've, you know, it's just hard to believe that people can actually buy into that. And that this guy only gets a year. It's I I really, if it were me, I I would put this guy away for about fifteen to twenty years. Right? Yeah. I mean, t- a total crazy person, obviously. And just how can you be so callous and cruel to send stuff like that to a grieving father over the course of eight months? It really. It, I mean, I am glad though that that there is a way to punish for something like this because I feel like you know until fairly recently, I don't really think we had a lot of cyber stalking laws where it was kind of no, like people uh-uh. could kind of just harass people all they wanted to, and because it's become such a big thing and it really does inflict emotional stress on people now there are laws so at least people don't get away with it completely yeah and the marjorie stoneman douglas people also had another blow earlier this year when the shooter was sentenced to life in prison a lot of people wanted to see him receive the death penalty that didn't happen so and then in orlando uh this is actually i think kind of a good thing kind of a a positive in the aftermath of a tragic situation orlando city council has approved a proposal to pay they're going to pay two million dollars to buy the site the property of the pulse nightclub property where 49 people were shot back in i think 2016 and i think there was a little bit of um controversy over whether the sh- uh, the city should pay for the property or whether it should have been donated me i 
I don't care. Right. I, I, just let them have it. Tear the building down and build a monument. Right. So they said some people believe that the site actually met the criteria for eminent domain and that the city should just get control of it for a fair and reasonable price. So then they kind of negotiated and I guess they did come up with they're going to pay two million dollars and they're going to build a memorial on that site, which is absolutely what should be happening. Two million and fifty thousand in closing costs will come out of the city's current budget um there probably will be a lot of discussion about what the monument uh, memorial monument whatever should look like and, and that's that's to be expected but at least i think this is a, a positive step and kind of a silver lining after after another tragedy that happened and there are so many of them it I just know. it just happens just goes on and on and on